All right, let's continue our uh, study Wednesday nights in uh, the book of James. So let's turn to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. If you'll turn there, please. James chapter 2. And I think uh, last week we did uh, 1 through 13. So tonight we'll start in verse 14. James chapter 2, verse 14. And we'll read verses 14 through 26. James 2, verses 14 through 26. Say this in the word of God. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. <laughs> yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Let us pray again. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, again, we just thank you uh, for watching over us, for taking care of us, and uh, Lord, just meeting our needs. Lord, I'm so glad that you're a faithful God. You're a good God. You're a merciful God. Lord, you're altogether lovely, and you do with all things well. Lord, we pray for those that are listening. We pray for those that are here. Uh, dear God, work in every heart. Lord, if there's somebody that needs to be saved, if there's somebody that needs encouragement along the way, God, whatever it is, salvation, restoration, Lord, just a, something to keep on keeping on. Dear God, work in hearts and lives tonight, we pray. And Lord, we think of uh, the prayer request, Lord, uh, the spiritual need, physical need, financial need. Lord, need in the home. God, whatever it is, Lord, I'm glad that we can bring it to you. Lord, we think of our young people, Lord, please, Work in the hearts and lives of our young people. Uh, dear God, keep them close to you. Uh, keep them in the things of God. Now, again, Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture, glorify thyself and build your local church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so uh, uh, we look at the, this portion of Scripture. Of course, it talks about uh, faith and works. Now, of course, God declares that by my faith in him, I'm justified. Amen. Uh, justified. And of course, uh, we always use that term justified. What? Just as if what? I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd always been righteous and just as if I'd never done it. Amen. <laughs> that's the good thing. Uh, in the eyes of God, that's how things appear. So because of what Christ has done for me, what Christ has done for me, right? Uh, uh, the fact that that reality in my life Amen. I should be able to demonstrate a changed life. Amen. 
I believe in a gospel. I believe the Bible teaches a gospel that changes and transforms lives, right? I don't have a knowledge that was pumped in my head. I have a transformation that took place in my life through the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that, that changed life should be demonstrated in my life, right? And my uh, relationship with God. And so we, this is what we find uh, in the book of James. But notice uh, verse 23, we'll start out there again. It says, talking about Abraham, it says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed. Again, remember, that's an accounting term. It means put to the account of, right? All right. Imputed unto him for righteousness. Aren't you glad that when you got saved, uh, the righteousness of Jesus Christ was put to your account? was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called, look at this, the friend of God, the friend of God. What a wonderful thing it is to be a friend of God. Now, of course, uh, we like letting people know that, hey, we got a few friends out there, right? And uh, uh, the hardest thing to find is a friend. But aren't you, uh, but the Bible tells uh, that Abraham was the friend of God. Now, you might remember in your uh, school days, and maybe the children are going through this now, but you know, there's always those popular kids or whatever the case might be. Maybe you remember in your school days, one person or a, or a couple of people, you thought, man, I wish I could be their friend. You remember being that, right? And then you look back now and you're like, man, what was I thinking, right? Uh, but you know, you're young and you're impressionable and you're easily influenced. You're thinking, oh man, if I was uh, their friend. Well, listen, don't know if you ever got to be their friend, but hey, I'll give you something better than that. The best friend you could ever have is God is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember, in fact, Proverbs 18, 24 says, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. Hell, maybe there's your problem, right? Huh? You're showing yourself friendly, right? That's a good thing to check up on. But it says this, there is a friend. Hey, aren't you glad there is a friend, amen, that sticketh closer than a brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so friendship, friendship is a gift from God. And the great news is that every believer, every believer can be a friend of God. God wants to be your friend. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I mean, hey, if I, if I had to limit how many friends I was going to have in this world, hey, on that short list, amen, at the top, I want God. I want to be able to walk around and say, hey, I am a friend of Jesus Christ. And uh, it's one thing for you to call somebody your friend, but it's another thing when they look down and say, yep, that's right. There he is. Uh, he's my friend. She's my friend. And that's what God wants to say about you, like he said about Abraham. And look at some of the things he said about Abraham. Second, I'll give a couple verses. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse seven says this. What a wonderful word this is. Now here it says, Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel? And look at this. And gave it to the seed of Abraham. And it says this, thy friend forever. Thy friend forever. Isn't that a good thing? Not only can you be the friend of God, but he's your friend forever. And that's a wonderful thought. Isaiah 41.8 says this. But thou, God speaking here, thou, Israel, art my servant. Jacob, whom I have chosen, and the seed of Abraham, my friend. God wasn't ashamed to call Abraham his friend. And God wants you to be his friend. He's not ashamed to identify with you. Isn't that amazing? So sometimes people are afraid, uh, ashamed to identify with God, but God, amen, if he saved you, if you're his child, he's not ashamed to identify with you. 
So the Lord called out Abraham, of course, out of the Ur, out of the Ur of Chaldees, unto himself. And you know what? God has called you out, just like he did Abraham, unto himself. And as God's friends, amen, if we're God's friend, we have that relationship. We should love what he loves and want what he wants. So what a wonderful uh, thought that is that, amen, God wants to be your friend and God's not ashamed to identify with you. That's a, that's a beautiful thought. But not only does God want to be the friend of everyone, right? He wants to fellowship, right? He wants all believers to be his friend and he wants to fellowship with all believers because what? Everyone likes to fellowship with their friends, right? I mean, you know, uh, who are you going to hang out today? Well, you know, I, I got a couple people on the other side of town that really don't like me. And I thought I'd just hang out with them today. I didn't have nothing else to do. So I probably go hang out with some people on the other side of town that don't like me. No, <laughs> no, we wouldn't like to hang around our friends, man. We wake up and say, hey, wonder if Joe's off today. Wonder what Susan, whatever's doing today. And right, wonder what I hang out with our friends. Well, you know what? God likes to hang out with his friends too. So if you have a fellowship with your Lord and you know what, if you hang around him, chances are some of him's going to brush up on you. Right. All right. And uh, so and other people are going to benefit as we hang around the Lord, as we uh, have an intimate relationship with the Lord. And uh, right. People should notice that in our life and that should benefit our other relationships. Right. People should be uh, blessed. Right. From the overflow of our relationship, our intimate relationship with the Lord, as we have that close friendship and that close fellowship, your fellowship with him should benefit. Amen. Your fellowship and ministering to others. Amen. I mean, uh, you ever have a friend change your life? You, of course, you know, who I always bring up my friend, Brother Crab. Right. He, he really changed my life. He had an impact on my life. But of course, somebody's outdone him. Amen. I mean, hey, uh, Brother Crab was my best friend, but you know what? He unfortunately he passed away last year. But thank God I have a friend. Amen. Uh, that, that is still there. Jesus. And he changed my life. First Corinthians six verses nine through eleven. Tell how he changed our life. It says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But thank God for verse 11. Amen. Such were some of you. Thank God for the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. There's still power in the blood. You know, uh, uh, the, the world will tell you, you know, if you're a drunkard, go to AAA. And what do they make you say? Well, you know, I've been an alcoholic 20 uh, years, but thank God it's been nine months since I touched the old bottle. You know, hey, uh, listen. Uh, no, I used to do some of those things, but I'm not one of them anymore. Amen. I, I, I'm not a drunk. I'm not a I'm not a, a drug addict. I'm not this and that. Amen. What I am today is a child of the king, a friend of God. Amen. And I fellowship with him. Such were some of you. That's the difference. But ye are washed. Right. All that stuff's been taken away. You're sanctified. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of God. And because of that, I can have that relationship with God. I can be the friend of God. And every day I can enjoy precious fellowship with my friend. Because, you know, and a friend, what? A friend wants the best for you. A friend watches out for you. And you know what? Jesus Christ is watching out for you. Your friend wants your life to be full of joy, 
First John uh, chapter one, verses three and four say this. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. That's what we're supposed to do. Amen. We're supposed to spend time. They spent time with Jesus and they said, you know what? We want to tell you about him that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4 says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Again, God doesn't just want you to be joyful, J-O-I-F, you will, right? Uh, That's that's an emotion, that's a little excitement, but something better than that, J-O-I space F-U-L-L, full of joy. Amen? Uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can have that. Our great joy comes from our precious fellowship with him. We should, we should be able to walk. We should walk out of our, our house every morning saying he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other is ever known. That's the way we should feel when we walk out, get up in the morning and spend that time alone with him. But let's focus on some uh, 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 verses here about a a, a great, important uh, uh, thought and teaching we have here about works and faith. You see, not only uh, uh, does God want us to uh, 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 participate in friendship with him and fellowship with him, but he also wants us to participate in workmanship for him. And he demonstrates his work in our lives and uh, right, and in our work for him. So let's look at verses 20 through 26. Again, we'll narrow, narrow down here. Notice what it says again here, verse 20. But what wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received uh, the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So in these verses, now you think, wow, I'm reading these verses. This makes me think about some things in Romans. This makes me think about some things in Galatians. But don't worry, we know that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. In these verses, of course, James isn't contradicting Paul. Uh, Of course, you know, Paul wrote about faith and works in Romans 4 and in Galatians 3. But there, there, uh, Paul is explaining how a sinner is justified and is given a right standing before God. And we know that our, we're justified in our standing uh, uh, before God is made simply by faith when we put our trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, that moment we're justified before God. But James is explaining how a saved person shows forth his salvation before others, right? I mean, uh, 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 God can see my heart and I'm so glad that he can see my heart. God looks on the heart, as we say, and man looks on the outward appearance. That's true. 
So we might say God sees the act of faith in my heart and man sees the actions of faith through my life. Example, the first, what's the first step of obedience after salvation? Baptism. Well, what are we doing through baptism? God, God gave us bas- baptism to show through an outward action, right, what we believed on inwardly when I got saved. Hey, how did I get saved? I put my trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, uh, I'm a new believer. I don't know how to explain that, right? I don't got all that figured out yet. So God gave me a way to testify uh, to those around me what just happened in my heart. So, though we know baptism has nothing to do with salvation, but when I'm standing in the water, I'm saying, hey, uh, look right here. I'm standing here saying, I believe Jesus died. I'm going in the water and I'm saying through that action that people can see, I believe Jesus was buried. Then through the action of coming up out of the water that people can see, I'm saying, look, I believe he rose again the third day for me. So God gave me an outward action to show what happened inwardly, amen, or how I got saved. And so it's through our outward uh, actions, our outward works that people can see, hey, there's a difference in that man's life. So you might say it there, works don't, I would say this way, works don't get us there, right? We know works don't get us there, but they do show we are there, amen? (laughs) Works didn't get me there, but they prove I am there, uh, if you will, or give evidence that I'm there. (laughs) Turn over to Ephesians chapter two. We know these verses, we use them all the time when we witness, but let's uh, uh, look at a, a thought here for a moment. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Most of you could probably stand up and quote these verses. Of course, Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's nothing you do, it is the gift of God. Verse 9 makes it clear, not of works. There it is, not of works, what lest any man should boast. Hey, listen, uh, in May, I'll be saved 35 years by the grace of God. And I, uh, over, I look back over 35 years, and you know what? I have nothing to boast in in myself. I have nothing to brag in in myself. When I look back to May 19th, 1987, I got saved. I got to say Jesus to that. Then when I look back of all the service of, of uh, 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 Germany, Bulgaria, and all those places, and even uh, since I've been here, hey amen, all the glory goes to Jesus, amen. He did it. He did it all. So we brag on him. It's all about him. No, nothing to boast in here. We boast in him. But verse 10. For we are his workmanship, look at this, created in Christ Jesus under what? Under good works. So we're created under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we see not of works, but unto good works. There's no contradiction there, though we see works in both places. The difference is, again, uh, works doesn't get us there, but amen, works show we're there, and there should be evidence of that. So we might say it this way as we look at these verses, his his work does for us. So his work does for us. What he does for us, that's the source of salvation. And then his work in us is what? The source of sanctification. But his work through us is the source of service. So you see, it's all him. What he did for me, what he did in me, and what he does through me. Look at verse 18 in James 2. It says this, Yea, a man may say thou hast faith, right, and I have works, but notice the word, show me. 
That's what the, you know what the world is saying to you tonight, believer? You know what the world is saying to the church tonight? Show me. People want to see something real, right? We need to be able to let them know, yes, I have something real. Something real happened in my heart. Something real happened in my life. And I want to, I want to give evidence to that reality. I want to give evidence to what I have is real. And so they see that by my actions. They see that when I go through that difficult time, and I rest in the grace of God and I rest in his faithfulness and I don't quit and I don't give up. I, I show them that what I have is real. God uses that. You've heard me talking about when I first got to Bulgaria and everybody says, ah, Americanans, huh? Right. I mean, you know, I can knock doors all day and tell them how good God is. And they'd say, oh, easy for you to say you, you were raised in America. You lived in America. What do you know about a hard life? Well, they, they didn't know my testimony, but, you know, easy for you to say, you know, I could, you know, I could tell them all day about how what I had was real. But then what? God allows something to happen. Right. Uh, when my one of the things was when my uh, apartment burned up and then they, they saw that, hey, they saw our reaction to that and all those things. And God used that to soften their heart. And they say, wow, you know, hey, there must be something to what this crazy American saying, right? That's all I had. God, they saw that, you see. Show me. Show me thy faith without thy works. I will show thee my faith by thy works. And so when the world says, show me, show me, they say, well, I'll be glad to do that. I'll be glad to show you the difference, amen, that Jesus Christ makes in your life. I'll be glad to show you the power of God through my life. I'll be glad to show you the truth of this book right here. Yes, we shouldn't. When people say that, we shouldn't have to back down. Amen. Because no, again, no, nobody can be bolder than a born again child of God who knows the word of God and knows he's in the very will of God and filled with the spirit of God. That doesn't mean he's arrogant. That doesn't mean he's brass, but he doesn't have to back up a step when the world challenges him to show me. Say, I'll be glad to show you that what I have is real. By the way, I live my life, my testimony. Show, that word show means present to the sight. Very clear. Again, man cannot see the heart, but he's saying, he's saying present something to my sight that shows me what you have is real. And well, have you ever had somebody say to you, well, something, something different or, hey, uh, uh, I don't agree with what they're saying, but boy, they, they sure believe it. And there's something different about those people. You see, our obedience to the word is evidence of our faith in the word. Amen. Our obedience to the word is the evidence of our faith in the word. And of course, he gives us a couple examples here of Abraham and Rahab in these verses. Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified? That The word justified here means bring out the fact one is righteous. Bring out the fact. Now see, that is his works verified the fact that he was righteous, that he truly believed God. Was not Abraham justified by works? Did not this work give evidence that indeed he had been justified by God when he had offered his son, uh, Isaac, when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Didn't that uh, verify in the back that he had something real? Verse 20, see, two, verse 22, seest thou how faith wrought with his works and by works with faith made 
perfect. It means reached its intended goal. You see, faith has a goal in your life. Amen. And that's to prove. Amen. One of the, the goals of faith is to prove, uh, amen, that to the world that what you have is real. Now, of course, these will give you some verses from Romans 4 that say this. Romans 4, 2 and 3 says this. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory. Not before God. Not before God. If it was about works, well, then he couldn't glorify before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. You see, my works do not justify me before God. My works don't justify. They mean nothing to God. Only the work of Jesus Christ means something to God. My works don't justify me before God, but my works bear witness before men that I, right, what I have in God. They bear witness to that, just like Abraham. People can look at Abraham and see the difference that he has something real. Moving along quickly to Rahab. Notice verse 25. Likewise, hey, the same way. You see, likewise, likewise. Hey, Abraham, likewise, Rahab. Likewise, and, and you know what? We can, we can say that about us today. That's the, it should, we should give the same testimony. It says Abraham was his, right? His works, amen, he was justified, right, by that. And Rahab, likewise. But we should bring that up today. Well, Abraham, uh, Adam and his family went to Cambodia. So likewise, Adam, likewise, Karen. Right. We should be able to have that same testimony in our life. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. Turn over to uh, Joshua chapter two quickly. Joshua chapter two. We'll notice a couple of things. But uh, 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 read these here. Joshua chapter two. And we'll read verses nine through eleven. Notice what. Rahab says here when they when uh, uh, the, the spies come, we'll just look at these verses. Joshua chapter two, verse nine says Rahab. And she said to them, look, I know. Hey, what do you tell the world today? I know. <laughs> I know that I'm saved. I know in whom I believed. Amen. I'm persuaded. I've been completely won over by the evidence. I'm persuaded. The evidence has persuaded me. Amen. I believe it. So she could say, I know, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror has fallen upon us, that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Now, look at this, what she says. We have heard. What do you say to the world? We've heard, right? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So she says, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water out of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, uh, uh, Sihon and Og, which he utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, look at this, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man. They realize, hey, <laughs> this is too much for us. Because of you, for the Lord your God, look, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Just look at those words that stand out. Verse 9, I know. Verse 10, we have heard. Verse 11, he is God. What, what is our message today? Amen. I know. I've heard. He is God. Amen. Hey, everybody gets saved the same way. Rahab was a believer before the spies came. It was her works. 
It was her works that confirmed to the spies that confirmed to them she believed and was on their side. Hey, she could have said it all day, but what confirmed, what justified her before the spies? Her actions, her works justified her before those fellow believers. Joshua 2.21 says this. Now, we know she hid them, but of course, when they left, it says this. And according unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away and departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Again, Rahab's conduct proved her faith to be a living and powerful one. And so our conduct as believers, amen, should verify to the world, to those we come in contact with, that our faith is a living and a powerful one because our God, our Savior is living and he's a powerful Savior. Titus 2.14, we'll finish up here in a second. Titus 2.14, I think is a, is a, is a, is a good definition of a, what, what a real Christian should look like. Now, again, amen, it's one thing to we get saved and then uh, we should uh, become a Christian. Titus 2.14 says this, look, talking about Jesus who gave himself for us that he might what? Redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. What? Zealous of good works. Hey, what, 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 what is a believer? And then what is a Christian? One who's redeemed, one who's been purified, one who God has separated himself, and then the result is what? He should have an eager desire for good works. He should have an eager desire to serve, amen, and be a witness and live out his life for the Lord Jesus Christ. That word peculiar, a peculiar people, that means one's own property, his purchased people, amen. We're, we're peculiar to Jesus. In other words, we're his property. He has purchased us. So uh, I think that's a, 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 just want a simple definition of a, a real Christian, one who's been redeemed, purified. God has separated him to himself. And boy, he has a desire for good works to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Titus 1.16, you see a, a good definition of a fake. <laughs> they profess they know God, but in works they deny him. <laughs> Big difference there. You know, the, the, their walk doesn't line up with their talk, right? And it should as a believer. So, James is about Christian belief and Christian behavior. Our true belief, amen, determines our true behavior. Now, you don't get the works in front of the faith, but hey, if you truly believe, there ought to be evidence. Again, right, uh, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God under salvation. That word power is like what? Dynamite, again, Hey, I was in the military. I never saw dynamite go off anything that it didn't change it. I said, if the appearance of that thing didn't change, the dynamite didn't go off. Amen. But if the dynamite goes off, there ought to be a change. God makes a change. And so uh, uh, we, we believe that. We believe that. And so no contradiction here between what James uh, says and uh, what uh, Paul says. Just got to have the, hopefully have the context there. So listen, we either live our lives as the friends of God or the enemy of God. And I pray you're not an enemy of God tonight, amen. I pray you're a friend of God. And if, if, if you're not yet, well, tonight you can put your trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. So as we finish up, 
be reminded by these couple of things. Understand that through faith, we can become a friend of God by entering, amen, into the covenant between God the Father and God the Son. As one who is justified by faith, let us demonstrate what Christ, amen, has done for us by the way we live. Let us recognize that we are the workmanship of God in Christ and that we need to demonstrate his, right, his grace and fulfill his purpose for our lives. And we need to allow the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, to be formed in us by the power of the indwelling spirit. May God help us, amen. Hey, Abraham did this and likewise Rahab. Hey, Abraham did this again, likewise Pam, likewise Adam, likewise Vernon, likewise Joshua, likewise Benjamin. Man, may we have that same testimony as believers. Let's pray.